You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hanniger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hanniger. Ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, line. here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Great to have you here. Great win for the Mariners last night. Again, a long line of great wins. And we get you ready for this weekend as the Colorado Rockies come to town to take on the M's in three games. This is the first half winding down and what has been an incredible first half. In fact, I was just looking at that. It's amazing to think about where the Mariners are in terms of first halves. Winning percentages in first halves for the Mariners. Not a surprise, and I'm not sure this one is ever going to be bested. In 2001, the Mariners were 63-24 and 24 in the first half, a winning percentage of 724. Their second best right now, this year. 2018, 56 and 32, 636. Ahead of 2002, 55 and 33, 2003, 58 and 35, and then the year 2000 following. That's where the Mariners are at right now. And getting another win last night over the Angels, 4 to 1. A big blow to the Angels' cause as well as they slip a game behind. In this three-game series, the Mariners taking the series. M's have won nine of their past ten to get back to their winning ways after losing the game before. Angels still have six against the Mariners coming up this month. Next week, three in Los Angeles before the All-Star break. And then uh, three against the Angels in Los Angeles towards the end of the month as well. So, and that's where we're at. Close to desperation time for the Angels. They still have some opportunities, but right now 12 games behind the Mariners. The M's still one and a half back of Houston, who won in walk-off comeback fashion last night over the White Sox. So Mariners and Rockies starting tonight. We'll dive into that a little bit more, but let's talk about the game last night. It was Marco Gonzalez again, and these are the kind of games that are even more impressive, I think, than if a guy has his A stuff and is just knifing through an order, which is always fun to watch. But Marco Gonzalez, not his sharpest, didn't have his best stuff, but when he can still put together an outing like last night, it is very, very impressive. The 3-2 on the way to Trout. It is strike three called with a fastball right on the outside corner, and Trout not too happy with the home plate umpire, Mark Ripperger. Trout is face-to-face with Ripperger. And that is strikeout number six on the night for Marco Gonzalez and the second time he has fan trout. Gonzalez would go six strong, five hits, one run, a couple of walks, seven strikeouts. And the Mariners kept Trout pretty quiet in this three-game series, and I think that's, <laughs> that's how you beat the Angels in a series. Mariners taking two of them as Trout, no ribbies in the three-game series. 
Mariners playing this one shorthanded. Zanino going to the DL before the game. Hanniger scratched from the lineup before the game. But they did get some offensive punch. 1-1 coming. Swinger, this is blasted out to right center field. This has distance. It is gone. Home run, Chris Herman. His first in a Mariners uniform is a little bit of insurance in the bottom of the seventh. It extends the Mariners' lead 3-1 over the Angels. So 3-1 to one at that point. The Mariners would go on to win 4-1 to one as they hand it over to the bullpen. Bullpen did the job and got some help. An amazing play by D. Gordon in the eighth inning. One that fans that were there at the ballpark will not forget. The stretch and the 1-1 pitch. Swing and a broken band line drive. Diving Gordon makes the catch in shallow center field. D. Gordon parallel with the ground. A Superman catch. Holy smokes, he robs Kinsler of a base hit, and he saves a run here in the top of the eighth inning. What a catch by D. Gordon flying through the air, landing on his belly out there in shallow center field. What a catch by Gordon, and the side is retired. Four to one, the final score. Edwin Diaz comes on to close the game for the M's. His 34th save, which ties his career high. <laughs> he, he had 34 last year. And he's now already broken into the top 10 in the Mariners' single-season saves list, which is pretty ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, we're not even to the All-Star break. We just started the month of July, and here he is in the top 10. He's tied himself for 10th all-time on the Mariners' save list. And uh, at this rate, you'd have to think the all-time saves mark is going down. He's going to climb the ladder pretty quickly as well when you look at some of the guys right ahead of him. He's got 34. Number nine, Eddie Guardado. Number eight, J.J. Putz. Tied for eighth, I guess. Both have 36. You have Kasasaki, 37 in 2002. Also 37 in 2000. Brandon League with 37. And then Ardsma with 38 in 2009. When Edwin Diaz gets to 40, he'll be tied for third. You have Rodney, 48, Sasaki in 2001 with 45, J.J. Putz with 40 in 2007. He'll be tied for third all time, and 40 could happen, uh, I don't know, I mean, by the end of the month, I guess, at this rate, which is ridiculous. (laughs) He's saving everything. It's remarkable. What a season he is having, an all-star in the first half for sure. So the Mariners get a great win, 4-1 to the final score. Here's Scott Service. Got the uh, two guys you had to insert into the game at the last minute of the day. They were two of your biggest contributors. You've always kind of preached about how much this team gets it from everywhere, but this was kind of a good example tonight, wasn't it? It really was. Total team effort. Uh, we got contributions in the bottom of the lineup tonight, which was huge. But, uh, you know, for me, it all, it all starts with the starting pitcher tonight. Uh, Marco has been outstanding, but. You know, his last time out, he throws a complete game. Um, tonight, he goes out there, and in the first inning, he did not have it. He really didn't. And I've been around a long time, uh, and you see pitchers, guys of six, seven years' experience in this league that panic. They just don't have it, and they throw in the towel. It says a lot about his maturity and where he's at. For him to gut it out with traffic, I mean, a lot of high-stress innings there, pitches early in the ball game. You know, I was hoping we'd maybe get five, and I thought the, the fifth and the sixth inning might have been his best innings out there. So really uh, tip my hat to, to Marco because he's been uh, – it's been easy for him. And I say that in the fact that he's always had his pitches, certainly had his changeup. He didn't have his changeup tonight, and that's kind of his, his bread and butter. When all else fails, that's what I go to. Curveball was just so-so, really good cutter. But 
Um, you know, that, that was the key for me, keeping us in the ball game early. And then, uh, you know, guys contributing. Uh, Heredia, a really nice game tonight. Uh, nice for him to get a couple of doubles. But, you know, I think it goes unnoticed sometimes how good he is in center field, tracking balls down, the range that he has. And you know, smile on his face, he comes to play every day. So Hermie chips in. Hermie never caught Marco before. Um, it took him a little while to kind of get a feel for what was working and, and how to kind of manipulate through the game tonight. So, you know, those guys that, you know, maybe not the headline guys everybody gets excited about, but that's what really makes this team good. Is everybody contributes. Everybody shows up every night. And then we got a second baseman. It's not too bad either. So, uh, no, it was what a play. You know, um, that should be on a few highlight reels, I think, this week. How good is Herman's one? How good is his swing? He's got power. It's what he's got, and he controls the strike zone, and he happens to be left-handed. So all those things contribute to the fact that if you can catch in this league, you're going to be around for a while. And uh, nice pickup. Uh, great job by our guys in the front office, kind of recognizing, you know, if we had issues, you know, whatever with Z, you know, we got a guy we can plug in there who's got some pop in the bat, and, again, does a nice job controlling the strike zone. And he's learning our pitching staff. You know, tonight was a big step forward for him, working with Marco and getting him through that ball game. You mentioned before the game, I think he's a better hitter when he's pulling. And I don't say that about many players, but he is one. Got the head of the bat out tonight. He was on time. Uh, it was great to see. You know, He's been struggling. He knows he, he wants to, to add offensively, even though he does a great job defensively. And, you know, you need those nights once in a while to keep him going. Hopefully he rides this one here through a good weekend for Scott, us. Scott, we talk, talk about uh, Dee's presence at the top of the lineup, what a nuisance he is when he gets on base. We're not talking nearly enough about his defense at second base. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I think he's won a gold glove before, and I think we see why. Uh, he can make all the plays, a tremendous range, instincts are good. Uh, you know, I thought David, Metri- F- David Fletcher made an outstanding play last night, and then I saw the one tonight. And, uh, you know, when he left his feet, you're kind of holding your breath, and oh my gosh, he somehow got to it. It just, you know, again, we were up by a few runs in the ballgame at the time, but it just changes, you know, as the rest of the game plays out. And, you know, Mr. Trout maybe doesn't come to the plate again because you make the play. So, um, you know, fun guy to watch, that's for sure. Jerry has been struggling for a while. Have you seen this coming, or was this something that just kind of... Uh, no, I mean, you, you just hope that sometimes, you know, he sees the lineup when I shoot it out early in the morning, and he's not playing, so maybe you just relax a little bit. You come, and all of a sudden, hey, by the way, you're in there, you know, and got nothing to really think about or worry about. Just go out and try to get good pitches. I thought his at-bats all night were very good. What is the situation with Andrew? Yeah, Hanny banged his knee. Uh, I think you saw the plays down the line uh, yesterday in the game. And, you know, he had a little bit of a bruise on the knee. It was pretty stiff when he got out today and tried to go through stretch. So just decided to give him a pull, give him a day, maybe a couple days he may need. We'll see how he is tomorrow. Uh, you know, Z is going to be out for a little while. Uh, we're probably looking at, you know, it could be two, three weeks. Um, you know, with the sprained ankle, I don't have an exact timeline on it. We'll see how he comes back, how quickly he comes back. But, of course, it's a DL situation. Got the All-Star break coming up. You know, we do have some off days, which which helps. Uh, you know, not losing for that many games, but we'll see. I don't want to push it too soon. You know, he's disappointed. Kind of a freak deal. Things happen. You know, we'll get him back as soon as we can. Is that indicative of the competitor that you've always kind of talked about, Marco, being that he, he fought his way through that today? Very much so. Yeah. Um, Marco Gonzalez has always been a guy. You know, and going back to. This guy won four state championships in high school, you know, as being the guy. He goes to college, he's an All-American, does all first-round draft. He's been really good for a long time. He had an injury, 
you know, and sometimes, you know, he, it takes a while to come back from it. Uh, he's worked his tail off. That's why he's able to stay out in those games and, and uh, you know, give us a chance to, to win. So, uh, you know, it was interesting series, you know, with the 4th of July. For whatever reason, we don't do so well on the 4th, but I think we do okay on the 5th. So, <laughs> uh, But, you know, nice to have our fans out there behind us. Uh, you certainly feel it in the ballpark. You know, the game got off a little slow, slow start, but once our offense started picking it up, you feel the energy pick up in the ballpark, which is great. There was Scott Service reacting to the win last night over the Angels. M's take the series. Rockies coming up next. We'll talk about that in a second. First, let's hear what was a great play last night. Helped save to run, and who knows what happens from there. Tremendous play, and what a year he is having for the Mariners. Um, baseball is too hard, and uh, the karma of it is too too quick on you. So uh, you just got to keep getting better, keep working, and uh, keep trying to help us get back in the dugout. Thanks. Sorry for Jeremy kind of late there. It's not just, just talk about that, that catch that you made and what you saw and how you were able to get to that ball. I saw the ball go to the middle. Uh, <laughs> glad he hit it a little softer and uh, I was able to make the play. Did you think you could get it right away with it? Uh, mm, I'm not going to tell you yet because <laughs> I was just trying to make a play, to be honest. Is that all instinct? That yeah, point? yeah, it's instinct. Just, like I said, it's trying to help us. Get in the dugout as quickly as possible. You get two guys tonight. Heredia wasn't supposed to start. Herman wasn't supposed to start. Guys get hurt. They contribute big runs. Awesome. You guys have done this quite a bit this year. Is, is, that's got to be the key to your success. That yeah, you just got to continue to play. Continue to play hard. Those guys in the other locker room or the other dugout don't care if anybody's on our team hurt. Uh, they're trying to, you know, beat us. So guys stepping up, and that's what we got to continue to do. You could see Mark Gonzalez didn't have his best stuff early in that game. What does it say about him to be able to still get through six innings? Oh, man, he battled for us. You know, he got out of a base and loaded situation, striking out one of the best hitters in the game and uh, inducing a ground ball, which we needed. Uh, it was it was big. It was definitely big for us. You know, uh, we started scratching runs, and he never gave in, and he gave us a chance to win, and we ended up pulling it out. Being able to see Edwin Diaz all season, he's got 34 saves. He had 34 all of last year. What's the team when you talk about Edwin Diaz? What stands up to you about what he brings? Oh man, he's amazing. He's electric. One of the best closers in the game. That's why he's in that position. Uh, and he deserves, you know, everything he's getting at this point. He's definitely worked his tail off, and. That's, that's pretty much the whole team, everybody. There was D. Gordon talking about and also Edwin Diaz and the role they've been on. So now the Mariners will take on the Rockies. They'll see the Rockies six times coming up, three at home and then three on the road, the final three games before the All-Star break on the road in Colorado. Rockies have been an interesting team this year. High expectations, but just a game above 500 at 44 and 43 in what is a very interesting NL West. Rockies have won three in a row. They've played much better on the road than they have at home, 26 and 21 on the road, 18 and 22 at home. They're three and a half back of the Dodgers and Diamondbacks, who are tied for the top spot in the West. The Giants also tied with Colorado. So all four of those teams really battling it out. In fact, the National League, kind of the opposite of the American League in that regard. A ton of teams in the mix for playoff spots in the National League. What it's been about, though, for the Rockies, their offense 
potent, of course. They have Nolan Arenado, one of the best players in the game, having his usual season, 22 homers, 63 ribbies, 19 doubles so far this year, batting 312, and plenty of other punch around the lineup. Charlie Blackman, of course, is there for the Rockies, 15 homers, 9 uh, doubles so far this year. Arenado and Blackman form one of the best one-two punches in the game, if not the best. And, of course, the rest of the lineup sprinkled with power. Desmond has 17 homers. Story's got 16. D.J. LeMahieu is there as well. The pitching has been the issue for the Rockies this year. In fact, they have the second-worst ERA in baseball, 4.86, just the Royals' worst at 5.18. And it's been a surprise. They have a lot of young starters that they were expecting to take a step forward. John Gray... Their expected ace of the staff coming into the season was just sent down last week to AAA with a 5.77 ERA. Uh, Chad Bettis has been on the disabled list. He has an ERA above five. Tyler Anderson just a touch below four. Mariners will actually see uh, the best starter this season, Kyle, uh, Kyle Freeland, in the game on Saturday. But their bullpen has not been as good as expected. They thought they had pieced together a dynamite bullpen. Brian Shaw, who they picked up from Cleveland, has an ERA near eight. He's on the DL. Jake McGee has struggled. His ERA near six. Wade Davis has been good. An ERA touch above four with 39 strikeouts and 34 innings. But still, their bullpen has not been as good as they expected and as hoped coming into the season. But still plenty of time for the Rockies to piece it all together. Just a game above 500 so far this season. Tonight, the Mariners will see Herman Marquez in the first game of this series. A 5-1-4 ERA, 17 starts so far this year, 91 innings. He's allowed 15 home runs. He's punched out 93 in that time frame. His last start was against the Dodgers in L.A., and he was brilliant. His best start of the season, eight innings of two-hit ball, allowing one run, no walks, and nine strikeouts. Start before that against Miami, only lasted three and a third at home, allowing five earned runs and nine hits along the way. So questions surrounding what we'll see with Marquez in this one, certainly a talented pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. He has pitched better a lot better away than he has at home. A 7.93 ERA in Colorado this year in nine starts. A 2.76 away from Colorado so far this year in eight starts. And so, word of warning: we probably shouldn't let the overall ERA fool us on Marquez. Felix Hernandez will get the ball for the Mariners. Happy Felix Day as the Mariners. Look to get another series before heading out onto the road to wrap up the first half of the season. 7-10 first pitch tonight. Remember, 1-10 on Saturday. Paxton will take the ball against Freeland. That's a really good matchup. And then 1-10 on Sunday. LeBlanc will get the ball for the Mariners. 7-10, 1-10, 1-10 this weekend. Mariners and Rockies. And then off on the road for six games before finishing up the first half of the season and what has been a wonderful first half. Right now, let's hand things over to Shannon Dreher, a chance to sit down with the Mariners pitching coach, Mel Stottlemyre Jr. There's an interesting tweet the other day that pointed out a statistic about this team, and uh, the Mariners uh, are among, I believe, the bottom three, which may be the top three, in uh, fastball, not throwing the fastball. You guys throw the fewest, third fewest in baseball right now. 
how has this come to be? I know you've got some guys that do it, but then I also take a look at a guy like Marco Gonzalez, and all of a sudden, he's not throwing that four seamer. He's throwing other stuff right now. What's what's the thinking behind this? Yeah, it's been a, a perfect recipe. I have to say, the game has really changed, and we have a, a rotation full of uh, guys that have really good secondary pitches, and their fastballs are okay. It's just in the past we've got hurt where we've got heavy with them we've leaned on them and like i said it's not that they're not good but they have really really good secondary pitches they all have really plus changes they can all spin a curveball they either have a cutter or slider so their four pitch mix our fastball usage has gone down on days that james paxson pitches he drives it up a little bit but we're talking about a guy that has a, a special fastball so if you look at the clubs that have had a lot of success and you look at batting average against pitches and guys that possess really quality secondary pitches, you'll find that it's, there's a there's a common denominator. You look at the Yankees, uh, the Houston Astros, and look, those guys have some of the best fastballs in the game, but they also pitch off their, their breaking ball. Now, with that being said, if you ask any of our hitters which pitch they would love to hit, it, it would definitely be a fastball. So we've taken a long look at that. We look, We use analytics. Not just to throw those numbers into the mix, but also have an understanding of what our, our starters primarily are capable of doing and which weapons that they possess that are uh, above average pitches. How much of this was a plan going into the season and how much has kind of evolved as the season has gone on? We talked a lot about it this winter when we had our meetings. and We got the pitching guys together, the analytic department, certainly Jerry and Scott. You know, we, we took a look at our staff, and uh, we, we kind of collectively agreed that maybe if we upped our, our usage on our secondary stuff, that we could limit damage. You know, there's nothing wrong with soft contact. I want them to all pitch the contact, but I think they're all capable. If you've watched them pitch throughout the course of the season, they're all capable of getting back into account with a secondary pitch, uh, finishing guys with secondary pitches. And, and it's not that we're going to entirely get away from our fastballs, but we're going to be a little more specific and a little more detailed when we use them. Baseball is constantly evolving, and we've been talking about the high-octane fastball and the strikeouts for the last couple of years. you think it makes it tougher on the hitters now that, to see more breaking stuff with all of that kind of being in the emphasis? Yeah, you know, we've, we've done some work in, in what we call with, like, tunneling of pitches and trying to find out which pitches play off of, of each, each pitch that you have. And uh, in that process, we found that all of our guys that have change-ups in the rotation, they, they limit damage with them. It's soft contact. You know, we've looked at OPS along with batting averages, and it, it makes sense for the, the type of guys that we have. You've seen Felix Hernandez really kind of turn his his usage around. In Last his outing in. in particular. Well, that that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and and I think he threw seven or eight. And three of them were early in the game in the first inning, and three of them were all for hard contact. So I don't. it's not that I want to drive the point of, you know, steering our guys away from throwing fastballs. I just want them to be more specific. And they've done a good job of that. And you have seen, you know, our pitchers have, have evolved. So a lot of it was by design and a plan, and then the rest of it is execution between our catchers and, and our pitchers. Yeah, it was funny. We asked Felix about not throwing the fastball very much after his last game, and it was a game that he got through with a bad back and did well. He's like, well, that's Mike Z's fault. And he said that with a laugh. He did, and, uh, you know, I kind of jokingly a- after the game, I said, you, you need to go thank and shake your catcher's hand. And he goes, I know. 
it's because I've harped on to Felix, you know, about overusing his fastball and when to use it and and when not to and not to. You know, a lot of times he'll come out early in games and he'll be heavy with his fastball and he'll give up damage and then he'll decide to go go pitch. So it's a little different approach. But Mike got him through that game. Mike Zanino got him through that game. I think in the past he probably wouldn't have got through it. With Marco Gonzalez, it's been the most dramatic. I mean, he's barely throwing the four-seamer at all. We know that he has the cutter worked out of that on that during the spring, but where did the two-seamer come from? Well, it's gotten better. That, that, that's a pitch that definitely has evolved over the course of the season. And if you look at, uh, you know, the pitch metrics, the, the spin rates and all that, the uh, track man had a hard time distinguishing the, the two, two, two different fastballs. So we've spent a lot of time down in that bullpen, and it really has started to evolve with the, the aggressiveness that he was getting at the end. And, you know, all of a sudden it started to get a little more run, a little more sink, and separated itself uh, away from that four-seam fastball. And I also think that the changeup has played a big part in that, that pitch as well. And, and those are two pitches that tunnel uh, really nicely off of each other. It's all coming along beautifully now, Mel. Thank you. We want to keep it that way. Thanks. Thank you, Shannon. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.